Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So, keeping that streak alive of posting episodes, been doing lots of content lately. Lately, lady, content lately. I've been keeping that streak alive. I guess I've been rejuvenated in a sense. You can probably type on the title somewhat of what this episode is going to be about. For those that aren't necessarily into spirituality, this is still going to cover stuff that you'll be interested in. I promise. I purposely keep that in mind because I keep it in mind that I have a broad interest base with my audience because I've kind of attracted that because my interests are sporadic. Um, yeah, so, but I've been kind of covering like the political psychology slash kind of popular talking head figures. I've been covering that lately in the last few episodes. So I want to make sure I want to make sure I cover something with a more spiritual bend. But I was always I keep everyone in mind. I just want to add that clarifier. Um, and also, I picked out this clip. I basically listened until I found something I wanted to commentate on. Um, not that you should necessarily follow. It's more so me putting out my thoughts on it and my questions on it. Hopefully I can provide some nuance. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I always feel the need to clarify that because I have imposter syndrome. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to add that. So I don't necessarily know where the clip is going to go. I might not even disagree with them, but I think it's a good opening and doorway to a more nuanced conversation about the topic. Um, and I, I bring in Aubrey Marcus and I forget the, I'll put the guest in the title. You'll see the guest in the title. Uh, I disagree with Aubrey Marcus on quite a bit and some of his practices, but I don't disagree with his guests all the time. And he's obviously a very popular spiritual creator. Um, but they start talking about trying to change others. And basically they have that very common belief on how spiritual people shouldn't shouldn't necessarily try to, or shouldn't feel the need to change the minds of others. And it often comes with, oh, you should allow them to come into their truth when they're ready. Um, and, and it's not completely wrong to say that. I'm not saying that, but I think there's nuance to that where we often assume what we do isn't affecting people. And I want to allow them to kind of set the foundation for this, but I want to add that. And they, and they also like, they're really kind of focusing in on people that are into maybe deep meditation or people that are deep into ayahuasca or these other spiritual practices I've talked about in other episodes and people that have had these kind of this feeling of having a, let's call them profound revelations about themselves. And they have a new perspective on life or something along those lines. And it's hard for people. It's hard for them to get people to understand that experience, which is, it's not wrong. It's like they're right. Right. But this idea of, oh, just I have my truth and allowing people to have theirs. There's there's a conversation to be had around that. So we'll dive into that. But as always, you can support the show in other ways. You can also just, you know, share, rate on wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I'm going to be doing the bonus episode feed since I've been posting more consistently. I wanted to get that established more first. Um, but you can do that on Apple Podcasts or you can do that on Patreon, and that's in the links below. If you like my written stuff, uh, you can get more of that also in the link below, A Philosopher's Stone on Substack. Um, I dive into dream analysis and kind of um, this active imagination, they call it. I enjoy doing some of that as well. It's kind of my own form of meditation, creative stuff I like to do. Uh, you know, it's just it's a fun way for me to, to journal and I like to share some of that that I feel comfortable with and I share that in the newsletter. So if you're interested, interested in that stuff, hit the links below. But enough of my intro 
jabbering. Let's uh, let's enter the labyrinth. Okay, so here we go. People are going to be listening to this and being like, "I have family and friends, and I want to sh- I want to shake them. Mm-hmm. I want to like shake them so that they." can feel this they can feel what this feels like and they can come awake and move out of their fears and what you call distortions Mm -hmm. and come to a place of like inner peace and love and joy and bliss and living their true true existence what are you what advice do you have for for those of us who just want just want that want this experience for other people want other people to live their Mm. fullest truest life don't do it. So, uh, as you might have just heard, he said, don't do it. Uh, but I also want to add something before I allow the guests to to say their thoughts on it. Um, because I want to add like a personal perspective. Like I've also, you know, I know those that have been following me for a while. They know a lot of what I do is I don't like the word critique, more so commentate on uh, spiritual spaces and some of the problematic practices that have occurred and how capitalism's role in changing our mindset has affected the way people view these spiritual uh, practices from a Western mindset and, and the practices we do from that. If that makes sense, I've, I've done, I've dived into, into that in other episodes. I don't want to retread too much ground today, but I also have personal experiences with this. I still don't want to come across as though I don't value some of these things um, and do some of these things that I even commentate on. Um, I, but don't, I want to be transparent about that. Uh, but part of my frustrations come is, bec- is I find that a lot of people in spiritual spaces, they talk about these things in a very similar way. And that doesn't make them not true or wrong. I just often find that people just end up regurgitating. And I'm not saying this guest does this. I'm definitely not saying that, but it's just a common thing that I want to bring up where I find people regurgitating these same almost oversimplified talking points and life advice within these spaces that at the surface sound great. They sound profound. They sound like great advice, but if you really dive into the consequences of them and what our actions actually show, that's where I started finding problems. And then when you bring up this stuff, no one wants disagreement a lot of times in these spaces and they view it as as, oh, I'm simply expressing my truth. And then they'll say, oh, I'm simply like, as though me personally, I'm just expressing my truth to them. But it's this idea of like, oh, you're just expressing truths. But what are we working towards? Are we working towards understandings in the sense of shared understandings? Or are we all going to simply be still individualistic and not think collectively? Um and I just wanted to add that. And, I, and and the reason I want to say is I have my own personal experiences with this. I also have my own personal experiences of having experiences as though as, as what these two are going to talk about or have talked about. And Aubrey Marcus is very public about his ayahuasca use. I'm fairly public about some of that stuff. Um, and I've had conversations with my family and I've had struggles with explaining it to my family. I still do it. I don't expect them to change their beliefs, but it's more so understanding why I do what I do. And that, that, that idea is important to me. So in a sense, I am trying to change others, but I'm not, I'm not going to get anxiety if it doesn't work, or I'm not going to be 
super concerned with the idea that if it doesn't work or I don't change the mind of others, but I simply want to express. So if there is an opening there that maybe I don't know about, or I don't sense, if there's an opening where I can make them see the reason for what I do, I'm going to take that. And that might require me to be patient and constantly explain it. And, and honestly, this is where the point is. This section is trying to change others. And they're probably going to say, as you kind of just heard him say before I butted in, is don't do it. Don't try to change others. But in a sense, you, you are, based on your actions, whether you want to admit it or not, like the way you go about that is the question. How do you go about that? Because we're all trying to, in a sense, the people we surround ourselves with, we're trying to make them more like us. We just deny that or accept that. And we... And usually when you relate to people around you and like enjoy being around them, if you really dig into that, you realize you like that because they're like you in some sense. And sometimes they're different than you or often they're different than you in different ways, but you often often have a lot of similarities. And I feel like we want to deny that. And when we admit that we have similarities with people that we like to surround ourselves with, we're also admitting they're like us. And if we want someone to be around us, sometimes maybe we want them to be more like us. And my question is, why do we often avoid that truth as though it's like selfish in some way, right? But let's let's shelve that for a second and let them speak. Don't do it. <laughs> That's it. Because when you are trying to push others to experience something that they are not ready to, you're creating a trauma on them. And the trauma is much more difficult to heal than just experience it by yourself. So when someone is pushing you to leave something that you are not, uh, that your cells, your mind, your emotion are not really not ready to ha- to handle, um, it's it's impossible. It's impossible for for them to really appreciate what they are seeing, feeling, experiencing. So if you are um, if you are experiencing this and you are desperate for others to do the same, you didn't understand the whole point of it, that they are you. And you are the part of them that, that is taking care of becoming aware. So mm. let the others do their job until they come to ask you. Okay. And this is the part that I think can often, and like I said, my interpretation of this might often or often also be incorrect. I acknowledge that, but I also want to question the idea because although I agree with a lot of what he's saying, there's often, there's also interpretations to what he's saying. So this idea that, oh, me healing myself personally is you know, and, and recognizing that I am me and they're also you know, a piece of me in that sense, right? That's a whole thing to unpack in a different episode. But let's just leave that overgeneralized version of it there. Okay. But I often hear this idea that, okay, if I'm healing myself, I'm also helping to heal them and their trauma. That is coming from the mindset of, of although I, I recognize and I do follow some of the ideas of this this collective unconscious, the very Jungian understanding of it, there is also 
I think an almost oversimplification of it where we see it as this cohesive, connected thing at all times. But there is gaps within the collective unconscious. We are still, we're not, although we're, we're connected to everyone around us in some sense where people have influence on us and we have influence on other people, there is a gap there. There's a gap that we have to, you can't just simply feel it. I think you have to communicate it. You have to communicate within the gaps. And that takes, uh, you know, testing and, and observing what you test. And I'm not like stumbling on my words to kind of express this. But my point, my point is, is that we can't simply just always take a back seat. Because sometimes you, you personally are the person that is going to help someone come to some realization they might need to come to. You you don't sense that for sure. It's not like you're constantly aware of that, but you can say something to help someone. We, we, we all acknowledge that subconsciously or consciously. Like if someone is going through a rough time and maybe you don't like try to give them advice, but you just, a sentence comes out of you. It's, you say something, you read something, something you read somewhere that you found very insightful for yourself and you just say it to the person and it clicks for them. You did something to try to change their mind on something, to try to change them in some sense. And they came into a new realization. You played a part in that. As you also play a part in the whole and, and that type of stuff. You're still connected, blah, blah, blah. And that that thing came to you from someone else, that whole connection thing, right? right? But you still, you played a part in doing that. But like this idea that we constantly, oh, we just need to take a back seat and things will figure it out. People will figure it out. It'll It'll come to them. It'll come to them. It, it's, I've almost, I almost wonder if this is creating people mindset to be too passive as though all this healing, oh, they'll just figure it. Well, how do people start figuring it out? How do people get motivated to go and do things that they, or feel like they need to change something or create change within themselves or create change within society? If everyone's passive, you get the status quo. The status quo maintains. It stays the same. Change comes from people doing things. They're doing actions, doing things maybe outside of the norms, uh, doing things that people don't expect or, or think are weird or are different. We see this in politics. That's how political change is made. You know, that's why I don't completely dismiss uh, revolutionary thinkers, for example, or let's say pe- what, the people that, the, the, that call people extreme on the left, for example. Like I said, I'm only going to use politics for a moment just because on an episode like this, I want to, I don't want to make it too dividing, but those people create conversation points and talking points and, and observations that creates the discussion of the center. And then you alter the center, you alter the status quo, but you needed someone trying to make change. You needed someone to be acting, to be acting upon their thoughts and beliefs and to trying to change others, to change the conversation within individuals throughout society. So in a sense, you are doing it whether you want to do it or not. You're creating a ripple effect with every action you take. But this idea of consciously being passive, it makes me wonder if if you're being less aware of the actions you're taking and maybe possibly missing the moments where good, meaningful change could be made for someone. Um just a thought, just, just, just a thought. Like I said, I don't even know if I'm right about that. I don't know if I'm right about that. And this is just my like interpretation of when I hear this and the problems I find with it. Right. Right. 
Um, for example, I I usually tell the story of my dad. My my dad doesn't believe in what I what I feel, what I do, what I whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I met my dad when I was 27 years old. So not because I was looking for him, I was looking for my brothers and sisters. But um, eventually I ended up having a better relationship with him than with my brothers and sisters. They are younger. Uh, so, so I never talked to him about anything of this. Like nothing. Just talking about trips and what I did when I went to this mm -hmm. place or the other. But I never explained anything. Like about nothing, other lives, other, <coughs> nothing, because he's not interested in, and uh, his way of understanding the world is so different from mine that why I would lose uh, my energy into trying to change his life when he loves how it is until he experienced some things around because Maybe I invited him to some trips with me and the thing got weird and he was like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and he started to wonder. So he said, what happened here? And I, oh, this and this. And that's it. And I didn't say anymore. Like, uh, I don't go profound on it. Yeah. Just the questions he has. And, and then more questions came and Suddenly he said, okay, when you do the next trip, I want to go or uh, let's see what happens. And he's like, ah, like this, but he's there. Mm. Like, because he loves what he feels when everything happens, but he doesn't get it. And I don't explain anything. He's just coming closer at the time he needed. Yeah. And he understands the changes of his life and how he is staring now at his, at his own reality, like why I'm living this reality or this life if it is not what I am really loving. It was mm. just what I had. So he started to change a little bit to see what else is in here. Like even if he's resilient to all this, uh, he starts to ask and saying, we, we need to talk about this or this kind of things. So he's, Okay, so this is the point where it's like, okay, I actually agree with what, there's nothing to disagree with in this situation uh, with with the guest. Um, I think his name is Matthias. Uh, and th this is the, the nuanced part I want to bring into this because in the beginning of the clip, he said not to try to change others' minds. And he's talking about his dad here and how he wanted to take a very passive approach. And in that situation, this, this might've been, the, the right course of action, but trying to change others' minds. He said, no, he said no. But within his story here, which I, I think it's a great story. I, I like the way he did that. This is how he read into it, the way to do it. But my observation, and this is, this is why I really like where the story went because I haven't heard this part yet, but I really like that where this went is because it's, it's the perfect example of it. It feels passive, to do what Matthias did. It feels passive. But what gave Matthias the thought to bring his dad to the, the let's say it's like a spiritual event that his dad thought was weird, where things got weird and his dad started questioning things, right? 
What urged him to do that? I'm not saying it necessarily meant that his dad wanted, or he wanted to change the mind of his dad, where that's what this whole section is called, trying to change others. And Matthias said not to do that. But the point is he wanted his dad to understand him. He wanted his dad to understand his perspective. And that understanding of other people's perspective changes people. We have an influence on people. But the decision to bring his dad there, that was a very active thing. That was an action to take. The action, I almost guarantee knowing this person's a very, I can tell he's a very thoughtful individual. He knew doing that might get him to question things, might get him to to ask why, might ask more clarifying questions. He played an active role in trying to change the mind of his dad. That is okay. Do that. But when we often get that advice where we act as though, oh, I was passive throughout. I just allowed it to happen. We don't do that. We never really do that. We wait for the moments where we think are going to be helpful for someone um, to to change their mindset on something. You know, I, like I take a very, I took a very similar approach. My, my parents still don't fully understand either. I don't think they do. Uh, but over the years, they've become more understanding of the reasons for my actions, the reasons for doing some of these spiritual practices, you could say. They have, the, they have some of my reasons behind it. They don't fully understand it, but do I sometimes outwardly bring up stuff that I know will step on their toes a bit? Yes. Do I think that creates a problematic trauma for them? No, because it's questioning, it's forcing them to question their beliefs, which is what Matthias did. Taking them to that event, based on what he said, if, if you try to change others, he said you're creating trauma. But by bringing your dad to that event, based on his definition of trauma, you created trauma within your dad because he started questioning himself. Like I said, I don't disagree with him, but the, I'm using his, his words here of what he did. In the similar cases, I created this questioning on purpose. I did that mindfully. I knew I was, I knew it was doing that, but hoping they would ask me questions. I did an action, hoping they'd ask me questions, but it created a doorway to have them better understand why I do what I do. Because I want them to. I want people to understand sometimes that are in my life to understand why I do what I do. That's important to me. Is that selfish? Maybe to some degree, but that's who I want to surround myself with that people that try to understand me and I try to understand the people I surround myself with. It's a mutual understanding, but you have to take an active approach in that. You have to try to change others so that they can understand you. You try to change, you're not really trying to change them. You're trying to get them to understand you, but you should understand the consequence of doing that, of them understanding you is going to change them. And you trying to understand them is going to change you. I think that's the, uh, an important thing to remember. He started to wonder, to ask me questions and, and stuff, but all the questions are his. I never say anything, just what he asks. And because of this, he's doing the change. Mm. If the first time, the first day I met him, I would say, look, we are nothing. We are the one. And because of this, and there's no time, no space, and blah, 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 blah. He would say, I'm, I'm going to go play golf, and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Don't, don't bring me this shit. I, I agree uh, with this, uh, so, um, so I guess that the best thing to do is not do anything but being yourself. Because when the other people around see how you feel, how you act, if you are feeling fine with yourself, if, and, and everything is improving because you are being yourself, you who are... Who you are supposed to be, the others are starting to look for it. We want to be ourselves too. 
how can we do in order to be better like we see how you are so when they do a when they do a question you answer only that question yeah so you become the living invitation you become a living invitation yes. to to be yourself by yes. being yourself otherwise you lose a lot of time being yourself because you're trying for others to be who you are but you are not being you because you're trying for others to be you right right so, so you miss the whole point so ultimately <laughs> i <laughs> I mostly agree, but again, and maybe, maybe I, like I said, not everyone might, not might, everyone might disagree with the way I'm saying it and fully agree with the way Aubrey and Matthias are saying it, or it could be flipped. You might agree with the way I'm, it's like, there is a balance here, I think. And that is what I'm trying to commentate on. I want to get that point across um, because yes, be yourself, but I've also come to express, this is where my reading in philosophy has really helped with some of my spiritual experiences. And I truly believe that because what you bring into these spiritual practices is very helpful, I think, in kind of understanding what happens. Um, and maybe that's me projecting my own experience. I don't know, but it's this idea of, of the self I find crucial of being myself, being myself. I recognize my attempt to be a genuine self, genuinely me, um, I need to recognize that the formulation of me didn't come completely within myself. The outer world throughout my life, where I was born, my experiences, what I've read, um, all those things, all those things combined has helped create a narrative for me and a formulation of me and a perception of me. I was affected by everyone around me. I'm continue to have that happen. This idea that it, I can purely find something within me that is mine. I don't think that exists for me or anyone. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with constantly wondering with people around me and the things I consume and the things I do to create a new version of me in a sense. So I'm always trying to be myself while also recognizing that me, myself, is always being influenced by everyone else. Okay? Right? I hope that part makes sense. <laughs> um, but from that, so that this is where I want to comment on his, what he's saying is you still are taking a conscious approach and an active approach and say, changing what your dad thinks, but that that's okay. You came to these realizations and this is the, the way, for example, in Matthias's case, the way he views himself. So this idea that he wasn't trying to change his dad's belief, but I think um, incorrect to an extent uh, because he, he was trying to actively change that, but it's, it's okay. Cause you're, you're still just simply, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing where you're trying to be yourself, but you also have to recognize you yourself are influenced by other people. So you're just simply influencing the self of your dad. That was inevitably going to happen anyway, but you being his son he wants to understand you and you want to understand him. So it's this kind of shared experience of that. So sometimes, and, and, and what he described, he, he views it as a very passive role he played, which view it that way. If that's the way you want to interpret it, but that's the, the nuance I want to provide is you can also view it as him taking a very active approach by exposing him to things, feeling the need to expose him to things, feeling the need for him to understand why his son does what he does. That's an active thing to do. 
And that's where the nuance comes. Because if you truly, you know, he he probably saw something where he's like, okay, I want to change the perception here. Obviously, we're just getting a snippet of how this went down in the relationship here. And I don't want to comment on that because it's not my place and I don't know this person. But I'm just going off of what he says and kind of using it as an example and also using my personal examples. I hope all that makes sense. Uh, my microphone cut out for a second, so I might have to fix that in the in the in the editing phase. Like, and we're in a time now where a lot of people are looking at different people. You know, a lot of people look at me. Yeah. You know, and, and so let's just use that as an example. You know, a lot of times potentially I can get caught in this mm-hmm. idea of like, I want to transmit this thing to other people. But I think actually most of the time, probably why a lot of people are listening now is that I'm genuinely just trying to figure out how to live my life in the best way possible and Mm -hmm. be me to the fullest extent of what me is and then just share the stories yep like this is this is a this is a window into what's happening with me that's my what i do in my newsletter most of the time it's just all right this thing happened this is the way this is the dark place i went into my mind and this is the thing that i figured out and also, even the company I created on it, it's like, oh, well, I, I created this thing because I wanted this result for me. And yeah. I'm, if you guys like this too, if you're like me, which most many. For commentary on Aubrey, check out my previous episode. So, because I don't want to dive into that in this one because it's not the point of the episode. People are, we're all, mm-hmm. we're all a lot more connected than we are different. Then that actually creates the the thing that you're looking for. But I think a lot of people get that wrong when they're trying to, push something out to other people when really the strongest thing we can do is just live our own, you know, uniqueness to the fullest extent and allow that to be the, the permanent living invitation for everybody. It is funny. Sometimes I, uh, when I read some comments in my social media, maybe I post a picture being funny or, or in a holiday maybe. And, there are some people that you can tell they are moved because they say you should be sharing consciousness content, not you just having fun. <laughs> and I'm like, where well, you're missing the whole point of what is living because yeah. what this is, is consciousness? consciousness content? Yes. Yeah. Me this laughing is, yeah. and like celebrating a birthday with my friends. Yeah. Yes. This uh, is it. So, um, you see this, this is like my whole point though. <laughs> It's like, I, like I said, I agree with Matthias here, but I still, I just can't fully agree. And I think there is some level of truth to hopefully both of what we're saying, obviously. But this, I still, I can't, it's so often their, their, their default position versus mine. Let's, let's just say, let's, let's put these two against each other to an extent I'm trying, I admit that I am trying to change others. If they don't change, that's okay. But like, I admit that what I say and do, I'm trying to create change within people that I say it to. Maybe not directly, maybe it's indirectly, but even trying to get people to question their beliefs, for example. That act of trying to get someone to question their beliefs is me trying to change them. And I think we fear this idea of, trying to change people because we view it purely at an egotistical level. Um, but every action we take, if we try to to even get people to understand us, sure, that's still activating something within them. Hopefully that's getting them to question their beliefs and you've taken an active role in getting them to do that. 
Um, and also it, it's this idea that like conversation and, and back and forth, like I'm not a, I'm not a debate fan by any means, but let's say a conversation occurs that there's disagreement involved. Maybe you're not going to change the, the mindset of the person across from you. Um, but if there's people listening, you might change something within people that are listening and you've taken an active role in that and that's okay. You've taken an active role in changing them which is it, it provides probably some responsibility on your part. Um, and you have to take responsibility for that, but taking that responsibility probably often also activates something within you where you have to be more mindful of what you say and what you put out into the world. Uh, and, and that's my main point is because I found when recognizing the active approach I am taking, whether directly or indirectly, um, I feel the responsibility. So I need to be more mindful of the way I say things the way I speak, what I say to people, the way I joke around with people, um, because the way people listen to me, they might think I'm like serious all the time and I'm definitely not in like real life, but that's why I want to do this. So it doesn't feel serious, but I feel like I come across as serious. Anyway, the point is, is you are taking an active role. And when I saw this section in this, this clip titled trying to change others, and then the answer was no, don't do that. I just knew, I just, I just felt the urge to change the perspective on it possibly for some people to the new, probably hopefully provide nuance. I don't know if I did a good job of that, but I hope you get what I'm saying. But I also want you to know that I don't really fully disagree at all with what they're saying either. Um, because it's, it's very circumstantial, but I also want people to recognize it's hard. You can't really be passive in life. Like when you are being yourself, you inevitably are not being passive. You're taking a very active role in life. Part of being active in life is you being yourself is going to alter the people around you. And that is you being active in life, actively taking part in the lives of people around you. It's not passive. You're changing people inevitably by being yourself. But that is okay. It's about being mindful of how you are doing that and how your actions are affecting people and the way to word things. You still have to be mindful where people you know, minds are at and, and when you say things and how you say things and when you do things and when you show them things and all this stuff. Like that's, I feel like to some extent that is, is, you know, you have to feel the situation. Um, but I hope, I hope some of that was helpful. It makes sense. But as always, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. It's time for you to, to get the fuck out of my lap.